Open our hearts to your word, O God, and your word to our hearts, that your spirit may find us right where we are and bring us to yourself. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. I'm so proud of you, really. This is more than I expected on Marathon Sunday, and uh, I'm just really proud of you. Um, and, more, and, if, and a few visitors, actually, and I just want to assure you that next week we'll make it much easier on you uh, getting here uh, to church. There was a, a patient who uh, was in for his annual physical with his doctor. They're just making small talk, you know, like you do. And the doctor said, um, you know, just asked him what he had done the day before. And the guy said, well, I waded across a lake, and I uh, barely avoided a rattlesnake, and I, I uh, bushwhacked up and down a mountain, and I crawled out of quicksand, and I got chased by a bear. Whoa, said the doctor, you must be some kind of outdoorsman. He kind of slumped his shoulders and said, no, just a terrible golfer. I can relate, not uh, only because of my golf game, but uh, also because I know what it is like to feel lost, to feel like I've gotten off track a little bit. And so I've been thinking about these passages from Advent, uh, for Advent 3, that that were read for us today, and, and one word caught my attention more than any other, one word that is in both the reading from Isaiah and the gospel passage from Matthew And that word is wilderness, the wilderness. In fact, I found myself going back through my pictures of our Israel trip, which is now like almost three years ago, looking at the pictures of the wilderness. So I grew up in the southeast here, and and, and so I've spent a lot of time in the mountains. And when I think of wilderness, I typically, what comes to mind is, is like this vast, but lush, uninhabited, uh, mountain, forest, wilderness. That's, that's kind of what I think of. But that's not the Bible's wilderness. That's not the Bible's wilderness. Um, when we think of the place, for instance, in the wilderness where John the Baptist uh, baptized the repentant at the River Jordan, or we think perhaps of the cave where Jesus spent 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness, as he was tempted by Satan. We think about the road through the wilderness from Jerusalem to Jericho. Y'all, it is dry. It is dry. It is barren, parched, rocky, mountainous, brown, treeless country. And it's beautiful in its own way. But you probably would not want to live there. In fact, you probably wouldn't want to spend much time there at all, a couple of hours, if you didn't have a cold bottle of water uh, close at hand. It would be a tough place to live now with air conditioning and refrigeration, but then, in Jesus' day, it would have been a very difficult place to live. All through the Bible, in the Old Testament and the New, the wilderness is a place lostness. It is a place of wandering, wondering, a place of waiting and wanting. And as such, the wilderness is a place where we often see the people of God expressing their need 
for God's saving and intervening activity. You think, for instance, of the Israelites wandering for 40 years in the wilderness. Or maybe of uh, David, before he became the king, hiding from the murderous King Saul in the wilderness. I think there's a sense in which we resonate with the concept of wilderness. Not because so much of the geography, but because we understand it spiritually. We've all spent some time in the spiritual wilderness. I mean, think of times where I maybe haven't held my tongue with Amy, my wife, and the wilderness of relational fracture that comes with that. I think of seasons in my life where the future of my career has been uncertain and the wilderness of worry that that leads to. Think of times where I've lost close friends or family member and the wilderness spent with grief and heartache. Or different episodes in my life where I maybe made a poor moral decision. The wilderness of anxiety and fear or guilt that comes with those choices. And these were not times where I did not believe that God was real or that even that he was present. But they were times where I had no idea what God was going to do or when he was going to show up or how long he was going to let me wander. Not unlike if we were lost in the rocky, barren wilderness of Israel, those spiritual kinds of wilderness can be lonely, wandering, fearsome places. And there's lots of ways to get into that kind of wilderness, but it's hard to get out. In our gospel passage, John the Baptist, who is the centerpiece of Advent, he felt very comfortable in the actual wilderness. He finds himself in this sort of spiritual wilderness. He's he's the herald. He's the voice in the wilderness, the one preparing the way of the Lord. He has seen the Lord. He's the one that baptized Jesus, he saw the clouds part and the Holy Spirit come down like a dove. He he pointed all of his own disciples to Jesus and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But now John is in prison. He is waiting. I can imagine that the experience of prison in that context would be even maybe much worse than prison in our current context. John is waiting. He's likely suffering. He's waiting. He's wondering what in the world is going on. What is going on? Jesus hadn't formed any sort of army to kick out the Romans. He hadn't stormed Jerusalem to kick King Herod off the throne. I mean, Jesus, as a small, poor, motley, blue-collar crew, and they're walking around Galilee spending time with those on the margins of society. I mean, John can appreciate the humility, but this is not what John expected. This is not going the way John thought it would. In fact, this is not going the way that John has dedicated his life to. Where is the show of force? Where is the victory of God? 
And by the way, what's, what's going to happen to John? The prophet. I mean, surely from his prison cell, he has said his prayers. But maybe for the first time in his 30 years of life, nothing seems to be happening when he prays. John is a prophet. He is a mighty man of God, but he is human. He's been sitting in prison for weeks or months. He's discouraged, disillusioned, confused. John is in the wilderness. And so when a couple of his disciples come to bring him some bread or something, he he sends them to Jesus to ask, I mean, did I get it right? Are you the Lamb of God? Are you the one who was to come? Or should we just wait for another? John is waiting. He's wondering. He's wanting. It's so relatable. It's so Advent. See, Advent is a, uh, as a church season, gives voice to our human wilderness. Advent is a season of expectation, but it's it's not so much the wonderful expectation of a child waiting for Christmas morning. It's it's much more uh, of the lost and longing expectation of John in his prison cell. Thinking, you know, this doesn't feel right. Something's got to change. I don't have any idea what that change is going to look like, and I don't know when it's going to come. And surely I would think that those who came to John the Baptist in the Judean wilderness to be baptized, that they came because they felt really much the same way that John did. They came, be- they came from their comfortable homes to the actual wilderness because they felt a very real inside-the-heart wilderness. Whether it was something maybe going on with their family, something with their occupation, or just a, a spiritual gnawing that was going on inside of them. This doesn't feel right. Something's got to change. I don't have any idea what that change is going to look like, and I don't want to know when it's coming. The story of Jesus starts with Advent. The story of Jesus starts with human wondering and waiting. Sometimes confusion and disillusionment and disappointment and the feeling that something's got to change. The story of Jesus starts in the wilderness of our lives because that's where God seems to like to work. That's where God breaks in and does the unexpected. Our passage from Isaiah foretells the gospel message of our inbreaking God speaking right into the wilderness of our lives, saying, The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad, the desert shall rejoice. And blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly. Rejoice with joy and singing. Strengthen the weak hands. Make firm the feeble knees, he says. Say to those who are of a fearful heart, be strong. Do not fear. Here is your God. He will come with vengeance on your behalf, with terrible recompense, and he will come to save you. The wilderness is where God breaks in to give life. Like a stream bursting forth in the desert, the parched, barren 
places in our lives will bloom with the beauty at the touch of the Holy Spirit. I love that Jesus is so gentle with the disciples of John. Like he understands the question. He's patient with the disappointment. He's not incredulous that they would dare to wonder or dare to question his strategies. He's, in fact, we can be sure that Jesus knows that he does not often do things the way that we expect him to. And so Jesus quotes Isaiah to them to let John know what is happening is, in fact, messianic action. To let John know that, that what he's hearing about, what he's seeing, is what the Christ has come to do. Now, John certainly would have had Isaiah uh, memorized and known the words by heart. And Jesus shows John that the human spiritual wilderness all around them is blooming because Jesus is there. The blind are gaining their sight. Literally, the lame are walking. The lepers are being cleansed. The dead are being raised. Jesus didn't come to put his stamp on the geopolitical complex. He came to put his stamp on human hearts. To meet each of us in our own wilderness. That's the hope of Advent. That's the glory of Christmas. That's the gospel of Christ. Remember that the wilderness is the place where the people of God express their need for God's saving and intervening activity. Come, thou long expected Jesus, we'll sing in just a minute. Or, O come, O come, Emmanuel. Songs of Advent, songs of longing. And so if you're here this morning and you find yourself in, in any sort of wilderness, you've got the Christmas blues or you're overwhelmed with the busyness or the expense of the season, the doctor didn't have a good report, your kids won't return your calls, you're carrying a burden of guilt, whatever it is, if you're wandering or wondering or waiting or wanting, then what I want you to hear loud and clear this clear this morning is that, that that is what Jesus came for. This is what he lived for. This is what he died for. The wilderness in our lives. And I'm with you, right? Some, something's got to change. I don't know what that means. I don't know when it's going to happen. I know that Jesus doesn't usually do things the way we expect him to do. Things like dying on a cross in order to save the whole world. And I know that the wilderness is where God likes to do his best work. God's going to break in. God's going to show up. The blind are going to gain their sight. The lame will walk. The wilderness will be glad and the desert will bloom abundantly like the crocus. It shall rejoice and blossom. It shall sing with joy. Because God is making all things new. That's the hope of Advent. It's the glory of Christmas.